0: Good morning, church. How are we doing? Y'all doing okay? Yeah. So glad to be with y'all today. We're going to be talking about winning our world, one of our values. But how many of you know that came from Jesus and the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. Got two incredible guests with us today, Tori and Caleb, and I'd like to give them a chance to introduce themselves. Tori.
1: Um, I'm Tori Dupree. I have been coming to Faith Promise for about four years. Um, currently, I am the director of Next Steps. I serve as a weekend pastor. I lead a small group, and I lead Grief Share.
2: Um, hey, I am Caleb Walker. Um, I am a Knoxville boy, born and raised. And I have been coming to Faith Promise for about eight years. and. Um, I tell people two months in that Michelle, who's my faith promise mama, she forced me to join the worship team. And so I've been serving on the worship team uh, on the keys for since two months in, about eight years ago, and um, have started leading worship and and stuff ever since.
0: Cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, can you both, can you tell us, tell us a little bit about your journey with with the Lord?
1: Oh, okay. Um, I have accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior since a very young age. I was in elementary school at church camp. Um, I don't think at that time I fully understood what all of that encompassed and what it actually meant for salvation. It wasn't until age 16 when what I consider I encountered my first miracle, Um, I became pregnant at age 16. And with that pregnancy, as word spread, People from friends, family, mentors all told me that if I wanted any shot at a real life, that I needed to abort my child. Um, That if I continued on with the pregnancy that, sorry, wow, I wasn't expecting to get emotional. Um, That if I continued on with the pregnancy, that my life was pretty much over. Um, Nothing in my spirit would allow me to abort him. So instead, I tried to take my own life. And I remember mixing two bottles of pain pills and taking them all and going to sleep that night, knowing that I would never wake up. And that morning I woke up, I never told a soul and I was perfectly fine. And that was the first time that I feel like I encountered Jesus and I knew that he said, no, like, you're not going to take the easy way out. You and that child have a purpose here. and fast forward to today, that child is now a thriving 15-year-old boy. Um, and he, to know my 15-year-old is to love him and to watch him carry out so much impact, it just speaks volumes for what God can do.
0: Just a little bit more about that. That 15-year-old, his name is Bryson and he serves in our FP Kids team. And at Easter, it's pretty cool, Tori and our FP Kids team was, was pr- were praying for Bryson, a lot of people were praying for Bryson, that he would come to know Christ as his Lord and Savior. And at Easter, as he's helping lead a small group of children, he's teaching or helping teach the kids about, about the gospel, good news of Jesus. Then he comes in here and he hears the gospel again. On Easter Sunday, Bryson gave his life to Christ and was recently baptized. Yeah.
2: Caleb, what about you? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yes, so um, I became uh, a believer at a young age too. When I was three, my mom, who is uh, actually sitting over here, uh, started asking me every day if I believed in Jesus. Um, and I just started talking, and so I'm sure that I contemplated repentance and my sin and the fall of man as a three-year-old. Uh, but anyways, uh, ever since then, I gave my life to the Lord, and there's not a day in my life that if you had asked me, do you believe in Jesus, that I would have said no. I've believed in him every day. And so we'll get to this in a second, but later, it was later in my life that I actually started, I would say, following the Lord and understanding the, the gravity of, of being a follower.
0: Yeah. I'm curious, uh, was there a shift in your journey with the Lord uh, in your walk with God that, that made you want to share about Jesus or win your world?
1: Well, I'll be honest with you guys. I was what you would call a Sunday Christian. I would come to church on Sundays. I would pray occasionally when I needed some guidance or I needed an answered prayer. Um, But I was really living my life for myself. I would let God fall in the gaps where he fit in. And then two years ago in August, um, unexpectedly, my husband passed away. And I just recall the weeks, the months after that, kneeling in my bedroom floor, wailing out for God to heal my heart. Um, And in those very intimate, broken moments, I experienced God like I had never experienced him before. Um, And I told him that I would lay down my life to serve him with whatever time that he gave me, that when people encountered me, that they would encounter Christ. Um, And I would leave them better than I found them, whether he gave me five more days or 15 more years. That my life was now his to give him glory.
0: So there's hope, and even in our brokenness, there's hope, and God will take those things and use them as platforms for us then to minister other people. Kayla, what about you?
2: Yeah. So for me, I would say that there was uh, two key points in my life where um, I started taking my walk with the Lord seriously. The first one I was in in seventh and eighth grade, and um, I was bullied pretty severely. I was physically um, abused and beaten and um, verbally um, abused. And um, I remember I, um, a, a man from my church gave me a word of knowledge that if I would just trust the Lord and be obedient, then he would provide friends um, and, and more friends than there are sand on the seashore. And through my life, I've seen God do that. And that's been a pivotal point for me to trust that the Lord will provide my needs if I'm obedient to him. Um, and the second, uh, I would say the main shift is, after college, I moved to Nashville for a year, and I found myself in, in all the sins. And, uh, and it was at the end of that, that I came back, um, that I was hit with the fear of the Lord. And, and what I mean by that is, as God opened my eyes to the realities of heaven and hell, that, that people will be going there. And if I waste my time here, I have a hundred years here, maybe probably not that long. Um, and if I waste my time, uh, then there will be people that will be apart from him forever. So that was the main shift when I came back that I would, um, I repented of all my sins and God, God healed my, my vision, the way I see people to where I would walk into a coffee shop and I wouldn't see attractive girls and I wouldn't see, you know, who can I be friends with, but I would see image bearers, um, People that God loved and that, that he had instilled innately purpose in. And he, would, and he would begin to speak to me, how can you pour into these people? And I would start looking for that instead of what I can get out of people or, or situations.
0: Well, you know, we, today is about win our world, which is one of our values and obviously a command of Jesus. But I think the practical side is what I'm getting ready to ask you. I think that's what all of us want to hear is tell us some stories. Tell us about how you have had the opportunity to win your world.
1: I think the most practical story that I can tell you is um, about a lady named Robin. I was at Next Steps one night and I saw Robin sitting at a table by herself, very well put together, gorgeous lady, and God just put it so heavy on my spirit to go speak to her. And I was like, I can't skirt bass, no. And um, The night went on, we had a little bit of an interaction and I walked away and God again was like, (laughs) you need to go talk to her. And I ignored it twice and said, no, not me, pass. And then I'm sitting there later in the night talking to Pastor Rob and Rob points out Robin and he's like, what do you think about her? And I rolled my eyes at him because I knew what was coming next. And Rob says, I think that you need to go talk to her. So after three times confirmation from God, I said, okay. So I waited until after next steps. I chased her out of the building pretty much, stalked her a little bit, and was like, hey, (laughs) I need to talk to you. Anyways, (laughs) come to find out, um, Robin was going through some really dark times and probably the most Most (laughs) turmoil she had ever gone through in her life. Um, And... That's her story to tell. But throughout that, we developed a friendship and I started to send scripture to her and to send songs to her of praise. Shortly after that, I was able to pray with her and baptize her. Um, And now I get to watch her serve here. She's an incredible photographer. She sits at the welcome tables. Um, But last week she sent me this text. And if this isn't a full, God moment right here. It said, I had a Tory moment on Sunday during service and I was so excited to tell you about it. It's a long story, but I sat at my normal spot and I had this overwhelming urge to go sit in the very back where I haven't sat. As I was walking there, I saw a woman sitting alone crying. I sat two rows behind her and I tried to ignore it, but Jesus so clearly told me to get my butt up and go love her. I didn't feel equipped to do that yet, but I did. I told her I was happy that she was here, And she fell on me and sobbed. She asked me to pray for her, something I also haven't felt equipped to do yet. But I didn't even think and I just prayed over her. I've never felt like I've been used in that way before and it just completely blew me away and opened my eyes. And if I can tell you guys anything that when God asks you to move, just move. You're never gonna feel ready and if you wait until you feel ready, it's not gonna happen. And you don't know what a simple act of obedience Can do for the kingdom of heaven, how it can make ripples.
0: It's incredible. Thank you. Caleb, what about you? Tell us some story or a story of how God's allowed you to win your world.
2: Yeah, so um, when I was in college, um, I began to ask the Lord every day. Um, I heard a sermon at church, and they said, Pray that God gives you someone to love every day. So I would start off my day every day. I would wake up um, and get out of my disgusting dorm bed and get on the floor with the cockroaches and uh, the little centipedes that crawl everywhere. And I would pray. Um, I was like, Lord, please just give me one person to love today. Um, it doesn't have to be a conversion every time, but just give me someone that I can show that you love them. And, and it, was, it was a wild season. Uh, every day he would give me someone uh, to love on. Like I remember one time there was a professor who, who was a hundred years old? I mean, he's the oldest person I've ever seen in my life, and uh, he was carrying this huge stack of books. And God was just like, "Go love on that man." And so I just went over and asked him if I could carry his books. And long story short, he was a hardcore atheist, and we debated about old Earth, new Earth, and that didn't go everywhere or you know go anywhere. There was no conversion that day. <laughs> but uh, but sometimes it's just about loving people. But anyways, uh, one day um, I just. Felt a stir in my spirit that today was going to be a day um, that someone's life was going to be changed, and I went through the whole whole day, and there was no one, and I was a little disappointed. So around midnight, I went to my buddy's house to play video games, because that's how I partied in college, and um, and I was walking back around three. And um, I went to UT and so there was someone in a fetal position. Uh, and if you know anything about UT or any, any party school, it is not uncommon to see intoxicated people kind of sprawled out all over the campus, unfortunately. Um, and so I didn't think anything of it, but God said, go get some paper towels and speak to this man. And, and as Tori said, immediately you're like, no, that's weird, I'm not doing that. That doesn't even make sense. And so he just kept saying, go get paper towels, go get paper towels. And so I went and got some paper towels and just put my arm around him. And I said, are you okay? And he looked up and he had snot and tears like all over his face. Um, and so he was not drunk. He was going through something obviously. And so I just began to talk to him. He shared that his girlfriend had broken up with him. Um, he was going through some family stuff. And anyways, I just got to pray, I cleaned him up and I just got to pray um, pray with him and just encourage him that. There was was no big theological statement, no grandiose venture. It was, hey, Jesus loves you and he has a purpose for you. And he told me, he loves you so much, he told me to come over here and talk to you and he wouldn't let me go back to my dorm until I did. And um, I promised I wouldn't get choked up every service, but um, he said that um, 10 minutes before I had gotten there, that he had prayed that if God was real, that he would reveal himself to him tonight or he's gonna kill himself. and it just shows... It just shows that um, our obedience matters, right? Um, what you do matters. Listening to the Lord matters. And, and what it taught me too is if you want to get out there into the field and you want to win your world, you want to tell people about Jesus, You have to spend time in the quiet place, right? That's where it starts. You have to be with the Lord every day, and you have to learn to discern his voice so you know when he's speaking to you or it's a random thought.
0: I'm going to reveal my age here a little bit, but when I was growing up, we had these things called radios that you had to turn the dial to tune in to get the right station. If you were off a little bit, you got all kinds of static. And for me, that is talking about being alone with the Lord every day before I start my day, is that's where I get tuned in to the Spirit of God, get tuned in to the Lord. And if you're not doing that, I would encourage you to, to do that. But uh, I, I, I want to share something. You know, we're hearing stories about adults that are winning their world, but how many of you know that our students and our kids are also winning their world? God is moving in a powerful way. I'm telling you, our students and our kids are grabbing hold of Matthew 28, when Jesus, the Great Commission, when Jesus said to go and, and make disciples right they're doing that and one student by the name of leo he's winning his world recently by by a post he put on instagram uh, uh, telling about his journey his life and he shared that when he was younger that he was known as a christian but but he didn't know god he didn't know jesus personally fast forward his family moved located here in knoxville a couple years back He he started coming to church. He said, I I get to go to church. How many parents tell your kids, you don't have to go to church. You get to go to church, right? That's what Candace and I always told our kids. And and he said he he really wasn't enjoying it. He wasn't wasn't bought in. But then he was here at Movement Conference. And by the way, if you're a 6th through 12th grader, or if you're a parent of a 6th through 12th grader, you don't want to miss Movement Conference. I'm telling you, it's powerful what God does hundreds and hundreds of, of, of teenagers in this room passionately worshiping God. And I'm, I'm just telling you, he experienced, Leo said he experienced God that day. He experienced Jesus like he never had before. And I want to, I want to read to you what he posted on his uh, Instagram post. He said, I felt at, at movement that night, I felt that love that Jesus gives us constantly. He said, it, it was great. Ever since then, I've been growing in Christ, making more friends, and spreading the word as best I can. I'm so much happier being where I am. No drama, no hate, no negativity. I still slip up and struggle with temptation, but I always get back and keep pushing. Man, aren't we proud of our students here at Faith Promise Church? Let's give it up for our students. And then on Sunday, April 30th, I was backstage uh, and I ran into a family, Gina, uh, Jenna and Joe Van and their son, Ryder, was part of a, a group of students that were getting baptized, or it's not students, but FP kids that were getting baptized that morning. So I, I got to hear a little bit about their story. Actually, it was Ryder's story that I heard about. And, and Jenna shared with me that Ryder was part of a co-op, a homeschool co-op, and his best friend, his parents were atheists. So he didn't know Christ. Didn't he know much about Jesus at all. So on the playground at the homeschool co-op, Writer, he he felt in his heart that he needed to share Jesus with his friend. So on the playground, he did. And he prayed with his friend and his friend received Christ as his Lord and Savior. I'm telling you, what's happening in FB Kids, what's happening on Wednesday nights here in our students, they're getting it. They're about winning their world for Jesus. And I believe that we're raising up world changers for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, Tori. Caleb, I want to get back to you guys. Were you scared? Because I, I know that, well, I, I know how I feel. Were you scared the first time you shared the gospel or you shared your own story?
1: Um, yes. I was terrified the first time and I'm terrified this time. I've literally had Pastor Mike, Caleb, Pastor Tucker pray over me before this. Um, <laughs> I, The most applicable advice I can give you when sharing the gospel is Tell people your story. Tell them your testimony. Tell them how God has moved in your own life and how you've seen him. That is the easiest way to ease somebody into it. I am not one to be like, do you know Christ is your Lord and Savior? That's just not my style. It doesn't work for everybody. So I always ease in with my story and my testimony and Caleb can articulate this better than I can with words, but my fear was always one day, I'm gonna stand in front of God and I'm gonna be held accountable for the people I brought to him or I, didn't bring to him because I didn't act in obedience when he told me to move or speak.
2: What about you, Caleb? Sorry, I keep turning my mic off. Um, Yes, yes, I was definitely scared the first time. Um, As Tori said, I was scared the first, second, third time. And the last time I shared the gospel, Um, there's always going to be an anxiety and butterflies that well up. Um, But one thing that I would say, and I'll try to keep it brief, but I would say, what are you gonna be afraid of? And what I mean is you can either be, have fear of man, which means that you can be afraid of being in a social, awkward situation. Uh, you can be afraid of hurting a relationship if you say share the gospel and they don't believe and it doesn't go well. Um, that's what the enemy will do. He'll, he'll start pouring in all these scenarios in your head. If you share it, what bad could happen? Um, but real quickly, I wanna give a story. Um, I, uh, in college, I had a buddy who was a non-believer and I led a Bible study and God uh, continuously told me to invite him to the Bible study. And I never did because I was afraid of arguing with him in the Bible study and, have an- and not having answers to his questions. And one morning, um, I got a call from a buddy that um, this guy who was a Buddhist had, had taken his life. And um, I don't live in condemnation or shame of that. Um, he, he made his own decisions but it is a reminder that you might not have tomorrow to share your faith. And so are you going to be afraid of an awkward situation, or are you going to be afraid that some people will spend eternity apart from the Lord?
0: So now that you two have, have been sharing, you know, being being more bold about sharing the gospel, your story, would you say, has that impacted your, your walk with God? Tori?
1: Um, yes, it's impacted my walk with God. Um, Prior to my husband's death, I felt like I had made it. We had all the things, we had the cars, we had the houses, we had the vacations, the marriage, the kids. Life was good except there was always something missing and I could never pinpoint what it was. Um, fast forward to now, I think society does such a good job of pushing that narrative onto people that you'll be happy when you have the car, you'll be happy when you have the promotion, you'll be happy when you have the ring, you'll be happy when you have the houses, whatever it is, fill in the blank, but there is nothing that has ever compared to the joy of the Lord. And I know that sounds callous to some people when I say this because despite everything, today I stand firm that I have more joy than I ever have in my entire life and it's do nothing but God's mercy, His grace, and His love.
0: kate what about you? Has it impacted your life or your walk with, with the Lord?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And kind of bouncing off what Tori said, um, there's, there's two things that always come when I'm walking with the Lord and they go as soon as I stop being obedient and spending the time with them and, and sharing my faith. And it's, it's contentment and purpose, right? Um, it's um, this job's good for now. If I'm not walking with the Lord, it's this job's good for now, but I can't wait for the next one. This house is good for now, but I can't wait till I'm in a better area or a better place. Um, and it's looking to the next thing, feeling restless, not being able to sleep well. Um, and purposeful too, it's what am I called here to do? This job doesn't fulfill me like it should. And no job will ever fulfill us because those are things that we do. Those aren't our defining characteristics. Um, and so I would say that it's impic- impacted my walk with the Lord by when I'm walking with the Lord and I'm sharing my faith, I go to bed content where I'm at, where I'm working, who I am. And I also know my purpose, which is we gotta get people to come to heaven, right? We gotta win our world. We gotta get out there and play the field because we have, we have 60, 70 years to do that and it's over. You'll never get a chance again to share your faith. That's it. So I would encourage you. Um, um, it is, I mean, you will never feel more purpose-filled and more content if you are out there um, sharing the, sharing your faith in the world that you find yourself in at work. And, and uh so, yeah.
0: Church, let's give it up for Tori and Caleb. are not those incredible stories? You know, maybe, maybe in your walk, you're like, well, Mike, I, I, I'm an introvert. I, I, don't, I don't have a story like Tori. I don't have a story like Caleb. Maybe as pastors say, I've heard pastors say before, maybe the worst thing you've ever done is you ate an orange crayon when you were in kindergarten, right? But in reality... We all were born into sin. The Bible says we were all born separated from God. And Jesus left heaven. He came to earth to once and for all pay the price so all that could be paid for, that we can have a relationship with God. So you may, not, you may think, I don't have a story. Yes, you do. You were lost. And if you're walking with Jesus, now you are saved. If you share nothing more than that, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will convict because it's not how good you are with your words. It's not about what you say. It's not about whether you have everything memorized and you're just regurgitating something out to someone. It's about what's in here when you realize what God's done in your own life. So we're getting ready to move into response time. And maybe this is a day that you would stop and you would reflect. And remember of what Jesus has done for you, the price that has been paid. Maybe you need to take a communion cup at one of our response tables. And you just need to be still before the Lord. And remember that He was nailed to that cross. That His blood was shed. That our sins could be forgiven. That we could have a relationship with God, not a bunch of rules, but a relationship with God. Maybe you need to take that bread and that communion cup and you need to take that and remember that His body was broken for you. Or maybe you need to visit one of our crosses around the room. Maybe you need to write something down and just put it on that cross. Something you need to lay down before the Lord. Or maybe somebody's name that you need to lift up before the Lord. We've got candles all around our response stations as well. Maybe come light a candle and ask God to fill you with His Holy Spirit. boldness to win your world. Our prayer counselors are going to come forward at this time. I think Caleb and Tori are also going to join the prayer counselors. Maybe you need somebody to pray with you today. But here's what I would ask. Don't let this moment pass. Let's respond to what God is stirring in our hearts. Would you stand on your feet? And let's pray. Lord, we thank you for what you've allowed to happen here today. Thank you for the life change. God, thank you for the transparency of Tori and Caleb to be real, raw and real about what you've done in their lives, God. Father, I pray right now that every one of us would respond to what the Holy Spirit lays on our heart. We wouldn't just sit and hear and walk out the doors, but we would hear and obey. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen.